Okay. May it be your will, Adonai, our God, that just as you have helped us complete tractate Yevamot, at least some of us, uh, so may you help us to begin other tractates and books, and to complete them, to learn and to teach, to safeguard, and to perform and to fulfill all the words of your Torah's teaching with love. May the merit of all the Tanaim, Amoraim, and Torah scholars stand by us and our children, that the Torah shall not depart from our mouths and from the mouths of our children and our children's children forever. May there be fulfilled for us the verse, when you walk, it, the Torah, will guide you. When you lie down, it will watch over you, and when you wake up, it will converse with you. For because of me, that is the Torah, your days will increase and your years of life will be added. Long days are at its right hand and in its left hand are wealth and honor. And I will give might to his people and I will bless his people with peace. Amen. Amen. It converses with you when you wake up in the morning. that. But it doesn't do that if you don't converse with it. May his may his great name grow exalted and sanctified in the world that will be renewed. You can't do that. Okay. And where he will resuscitate the dead and raise them up to eternal life and rebuild the city of Jerusalem and complete his temple within it and uproot alien worship from the earth, and turn the service of heaven to its place. And may the Holy One, blessed is he, reign in his sovereignty and splendor, and cause salvation to sprout, and bring near his Messiah in your lifetimes and in your days, and in the lifetimes of the entire house of Israel, swiftly and soon. Amen. How about that? Amen. I like that. That's like right out of the uh, Sephardis there, right? Kind of. uh, Sephardi, Sephardi, yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. Very, it's very different. But yes, you were correct. We all understood it. Thank totally you. What you Thank you. I apologize for being a nuisance. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no. No, it's okay. It's okay. Nuisance would be an understatement. So the um, Art Scroll Digital Library now does <laughs> have the, um, the oh, yeah. expanded yeah, sitter. They do have it on the, uh, the iPad now. Yeah, That's the so sitter cool. is there and... Uh, Here's the bar who all ready to go in English, and if you hit the little button at Does the bottom, does it cost money, or do you get it when you buy the paper? It costs company? money. It is uh, only ten bucks if you already have rusty bricks sitter, which so, I so do. So it costs money. It's only ten dollars. It does cost money. Yes, you do have to buy it. It's formatted the do exact same way with the same page numbers as a regular sitter. Can I just keep using the bootleg one that you made? <laughs> <laughs> No. Not, if, <laughs> not if there's more that you want than what's in the city. The it is interesting. The intention of the bootleg was because that wasn't available. That's exactly right. Now, 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 it's interesting. Much, now you are stealing. Yeah. Before, you definitely <laughs> now, now, I'm really. praying from my paper yeah. copy, which I own. Now, it's, it's interesting. They only have the weekday. Of course. Well, Greg Evans convinced that the halakha will eventually adjust to allow I am absolutely convinced of that myself. Absolutely convinced. So does that mean we go ahead and use it while we wait? Nope, that's incorrect. Well, you can choose to uh, the violate. The advance to the point where you can hit the halakha. Violate. It depends on your pose. <laughs> okay. It doesn't even depend on that. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we are... We had a request to do a little bit more on. Hey, quick uh, question: Are there like Sabbath boxes in there? It'd be cool if there weren't. You just skip over them. It saves time. It is a weekday sitting. There are no Sabbath. Yeah, that's cool. Don't do any skipping. 
Is all. I thought you could pray every day. Um, but I just bought it, so I'll confirm that. But it's a weekday sitter, so there shouldn't be anything for Sabbath in it, which makes sense that they wouldn't, you know, of course. You know. Anyway, there was a request to, to give a little bit more time to the uh, anava, to humility. We'll do that, and then we'll uh, close out with uh, fear of Hashem, which I thought was pretty cool, uh, the way he laid it out. So uh, let's hear about uh, humility. So what do you think about, like, if they have a list of things to do? Um, do you take my book? No, I do I'm good. For me. They have a list of things to do to encourage humility. And one of them is to, we talked about the um, occupying a humble seat, I think, last week. Um, one thing they mentioned was wearing modest garments, which is an interesting um, comment. No more mesh tank tops and cut-off jean shorts, bro. <laughs> well, that was... They didn't say anything about cut-off jean shorts. That was actually it was, it was specifically, shorts. as I recall the context, to not dress above your station. You know, mm. to not wear expensive clothes. expensive clothes to make yourself look important and draw attention to yourself. Right. And I certainly think that had more relevance back then because now... You can't tell the difference from looking at a, at a shirt. Most of the guys that work at Apple and make millions of dollars wear, you know, worse clothes than I do. Blue <laughs> jeans and in fact, know, if there's funny anything, The occasional like once-a-year polo shirt. Little bling there. Little bling there. You know, stuff like that, I would say. But Type like of handgun. I don't know how much. Quality of gold. Gold-plated. That's right. That's right. Do you have the etching on your handgun barrel? It's just so hard because the free market system has worked so well in this country that prices are low. It's tough. Is the is the president listening? Hello. Who's there? Budget proposal just went to Calgary. That's right. Four trillion dollars. Hey, free college. On me. Well, for two years. Enjoy it. College. Enjoy it. No, really. Yeah, on you. On, this, on, that's on right. you. And you. <laughs> <laughs> you pay taxes? No, no. But that's what I'm going to me. So I evade them completely. <laughs> offshore account. Oh, wait. That's also. No, that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> but we want you to bring your money home. Uh, yeah. Our group does have a guy who works for offshore bank account companies. Kind of. Can sort you? of. He's a hedge fund, just a little bit. Is that what he does? Really? It's a hedge. It's a hedge fund. It's a little bit different. Yeah, like under the hedge fund. Yeah, it's a hedge fund. We're pops the hedge fund. Anyway, dressing modestly. Yes. What else? Well, I I loved the the two things that you should do: the habit and the thought. You know that that made so much sense because even as we get into fear of sin, thought is a big part of that. He mentions that in so many occasions throughout here that harken back to having time throughout the day when you're just meditating on these things, right. which is not which is where he started the book, right? Right to say yeah. you you got to have this time to meditate, where you can't even get started. Right. Every every major sage has has decreed that as being like the fundamental for their kickstarting their their walk of um, holiness. Yeah, along those lines, I was just reading in some other book about this book. Hmm. 
which was and they, it's really over the top Pete reading books about the book that we're studying if I was only read this book I could probably make some progress but <laughs> they um, they were just in passing kind of talking about well the Musar movie yeah that's where you read you meditate on the words it's like so Ramkhal intended for you to read his his Musar text right and meditate on that daily so that it would seep in and affect you like the letter of the ages right so yeah, so obviously you're supposed to read this more and more, but like, so if you're working on chapter one, you kind of you almost memorize chapter one. Oh, I get it. And okay. You're, you spend time every day thinking about that one yeah. sentence in yeah. chapter one, and you move on to the next sentence, and it's supposed to it's this idea of like your intellectual soul is the bridge between your animal and divine soul, so you can affect your animal right. quality traits pushing by it thinking in the right about direction. This stuff. Huh. Does that work? I don't know. I've, obviously, well, we'll give you a year. We'll let you know. Yeah. Let us Why? know. By definition, it has to work because Hashem says that the Torah is the only medicine for the animal soul. Right. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm questioning because evidently Ron calls not saying we have to med- we should meditate on the Torah, but rather on his uh, writing about which is basically Torah. Hmm. Hmm. Because you're not going to find the hmm. um, refinement of character traits, you know, hmm. in Leviticus. Hmm. 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 Okay. Good. Good. Very good point. Good point. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Pete, how, how would you say, um, so the camp over here says, read five books, chapter a day, and your long-term memory will be long. And this says meditate on X, you know, here. How would you combine those for, like, what is the best solution for reading? What were the two camps? Long-term versus meditation. So, so essentially, there is a theory that you told me about. So, um, our common nature says, just read this sentence until you memorize it until it seeps in. But the practical says well, read the whole book and then you know read 10 books at a time and you and you won't remember anything the next day but in like two weeks you remember more than like anybody else right 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 but in, for meditation specifically I would pair them both together I would read the whole book and then also be meditating on that one sentence hey man Jehuda Jehuda you just told me like Good, good. I was just wondering what he thought. So he wants to mix them, do them both. Yeah. Well, I mean, the idea is like meditation is different than study. I think that's part of the point that, you, in fact, at some level, I think that's almost like kind of what Ron Paul's talking about throughout a lot of the. I mean, most of these sections have said the best way to acquire this is to think about it. Right. And and so the goal would be you spend some time studying, um, to help give you like germinate some thoughts, get some things going. You spend some time meditating to like. Um, focus, zero in, but you're really supposed to be thinking about it like as much as you can all day. Mm-hmm. So like meditation is both like a separate exercise to do like before your prayers or sometime during the day, as well as something that you're kind of doing throughout the day. So like it's just a totally different thing from study. It's like saying, should I pray for the Siddur or should I read the Torah? It's like, well, yes. Um, and that's kind of like, I think that's the idea here. It's like studying meditation is intended to be done like on separate path tracks, mm-hmm. but in the same day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else on humility? 
Or should we move to a couple of uh, thoughts? One was, um, I still remember, I don't know why it stood out to me so much, probably because it was so applicable to me, but Mrs. Upham said one time in our portion discussion that it's easier to act your way to different thinking than it is to think your way to different action. And okay, I gotta, hear that. I gotta hear that again. It's easier to act your way to different thinking, yes. to like change your thinking yes. by your actions yes. than it is to do the opposite, yes. which is to try to think and then have your actions change. Sure. And he sort of points that out. He said, it is only through outward actions mm-hmm. which are under his control that he can affect his inner self, sure. which is not to a similar extent subject to his direction, as we explained in relation to zeal. Well, the sages say the same thing about prayer, right? Even if you don't feel like praying, go pray anyway. Yeah. Even if you're not doing it with Kavanaugh, it's better to do it than not. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you're going to change over time. So then, yeah. like, then practically speaking, what do you take away from the humility chapter? Because it seems to me like I mean, the actions listed were things like crouching. Um, and we already mentioned the clothing thing you kind of felt like was sort of irrelevant in our current culture. I did not say that. Oh, somebody. I said it. I said, he said it wasn't as relevant or would have been more relevant in the past. Uh, but I still don't think that you should be wearing a, you know, a $7,000 suit to come to the Tariq class so that you look important. Well, but that's Do you? Well, I don't know. That's an interesting question. No. Really? Because I mean, like, where do you? Well, because where do you draw the line? Like, seven thousand dollars to one person might be a lot, but if you were to show up with, like, you well, know, I, I don't think we need to draw a line. I think it's pretty clear. You shouldn't dress over. You shouldn't dress over your station in order to draw attention to yourself, right? And that station I mean, could be environment too. You bet. I think that's also what he's talking about. You wouldn't wear necessarily like this really swanky suit to your job that doesn't require that level of dress but then at the same time you wouldn't yeah or then you wouldn't wear like you know shabby clothing to a wedding because you're still drawing attention to yourself i was i was wearing i was wearing dress pants and shirt the nice sweater and going to body shops and crawling on the ground plugging in the computers it it just completely out of place yeah you know and most of the employees didn't want to talk to me because they thought I was like different, you the know. IRS. Show up in my blue jeans and <laughs> being in my flannel shirt, and uh, and they're I'm like, yeah, yeah, help me with this and that. So yeah, I, yeah, I think we we got that far. So what else? One, uh, what, what do you take from? It? What's your What's your number one take home on the on the humility chapter? I feel like uh, it's so helpful to think about. The one little section where he goes through how you why how could you not be humble when you think about like how easy it is for you to get like a horrible disease like tomorrow god forbid you know i love how he does that like with each thing that he says but he i mean he goes through so many things so many different kinds of sickness like how many afflictions could visit you like your job disappearing right before your eyes like everything is just so close to being gone. Yeah. It's like, how could you be prideful about having any of those things? It's so easy to go away. And and really, did you have a whole lot with getting them in the first place? Right. Yeah, that is really helpful because I, I just... It gives uh, you good perspective. It makes you really content. Yeah. Really, really content with what you have right now. In fact, this was um, just a Baruch Hashem. Today, Morgan called me kind of a little shaken up and uh, she had opened the freezer and our wine rack fell down, and two bottles of wine shattered on the floor, literally within an inch of Zoe. And she showed me when I got home, there's a dry spot in a circle where Zoe was standing. 
Like, it didn't hit her. The No glass got on her. Like, both of them were totally fine. And I was like, <laughs> we prayed, like, the little blessing for, like, you know, yeah, escaping danger. I, I was, I, it's so cool, though, but that just kind of wakes you up a little bit. Like, oh, wow, yeah. Hashem, like, protects us every single day. Could have been And I, I, you know, you pray, like, each morning, like, you know, protecting us from brazenness, from brazen men, from all sorts of evil. And, like, Hashem totally did that today. He answered my Praise prayer. Praise God. Really, really a blessing. But just very content for health and safety. Instead of driving 485, I like to drive um, 51 to come here anytime I come this direction um, because it allows me to pass the intersection of Providence and 51 where where I was um, saved from a life-threatening accident as well. So anytime I know I'm coming this direction, I, I it's like I do it just so that I get to perform that mitzvah. It's, it's, cool. it's really great. And and every time I see it, I'm humbled that it's like, I realized that, wow, God still has a purpose for me. And I'm still here. And there was nothing I had to do with it. It's, it was completely God's grace. Amen. Take a deep breath. Final comments. Humility. I thought it was an interesting quote that said, the sign of pride is poverty of Torah from mm. the Zohar. That is very, very interesting. That's deep. Yeah. That's deep. Man, that's poverty really good. Well, the uh, Torah actually speaks at a time when there will be a famine of the Word of God. You won't be able to find it. You won't be able to learn. Scary time. All right. Fear of sin. Why is your brown in? What's up? Fear of sin. Fear of sin. Did, did you read it? This yeah. is a very interesting chapter. I loved it. I thought it was cool um, the way he break it. He broke it up right in the beginning there. Right. Yeah. Very quickly. That was so neat. Um, fear of punishment, of course, is. <laughs> this type of fear benefits only the ignorant and the women. And the women! Yeah, that's so right! It's like, it's like, whoa! It's like, okay. Um, but it was interesting that he uh, he spent so much time talking about the fear of sin and um, basically, which is intriguing because I think that most people when they talk about like fear of God, we tend to focus on um, thinking about God, you know, being afraid of how awesome he is or and, and fear of sin is part of that, but fear of sin was like the, almost like the practical out, outlie of fear of God. Right. Um, and it was very interesting the way that he focused in on that. It reminds me of a quote, I think it was from Lord Trafalgar, um, that was, fear God, fear sin, and fear nothing. Um, There's something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And uh, this whole section uh, really focused in on like uh, basically... And actually, I wanted to get, get some thoughts on how this would be carried out practically because it kind of sounded a little bit like you would be focused so much on like being concerned about possibly sinning um it kind of seems like you'd be a little stressed out granted i mean i say that because as i'm looking at something in myself i almost think i could do this not with probably the right motive but being you know anxious about it all the time doesn't sound so hard but this is the last one so this must be much more complicated than just that well not necessarily um i i i think it's interesting on page 480 he says that this fear is not easy to attain. Right. And then he's got the other one. This is a piece of cake. Right, fear of punishment. Right. So 
Um, is this the same Romemu that we sing? Yurat, Yurat Haromemu? Possibly. Here of the, the, the Majesty. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, the same, it's the same word, isn't it? It is? Yeah. Um, you got it stuck in my head. There are worse things that have stuck in your head. This is true. Big metal plate. <laughs> and it's just star. So, <laughs> what's, uh, I, I guess he, he starts to go into what you're talking about, uh, Joshua, on in the following page, in the 483, <coughs> I guess. Um, awe of his exaltedness, either at a time of service or when an opportunity to sin presents itself. Mm-hmm. So it, it looked like, you know, I've, I've got both times when I'm about to do something good, I, you know, I'm stepping up for that mitzvah, or I'm about to do something wrong. In both cases, fear of him should be present and to me that was the unique part was i get the fear on this side mm-hmm. but i didn't think of the fear on that side and you know the trembling before him uh kind of thing did you get the uh, the analogy from moses with the uh, anointing oil yeah. where like because because god has has two commandments that, that don't contradict each other but they but they kind of like they only fit together just so they, they dovetail so god says don't anoint a normal person with the oil, but then you should anoint the priest with the oil. So as Moses is anointing Aaron, he's worried because he thinks to himself, if I'm doing this wrong, I might be breaking the commandment that says don't anoint flesh with this oil, but I'm supposed to do it, so I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Right, I'm hoping right. it's okay, and, and God says everything is fine. He, and it, the quote is from Psalms, like mm-hmm. you know, talking about the, the, the oil on Aaron's beard like the dew of Hermone. So it's innocent and it's okay. Then Aaron's concerned because Aaron's like, well, but what if like Moses is doing it right? But what if I'm not like receiving it correctly? <laughs> so then the, the follow-up verse in Psalms is like, um, so is it with brethren who dwell in unity. And so it's like, okay, Aaron's okay now too because, yeah, because he's got that, um, that check mark, so right, to speak. But right. they, um, anyway, but it was interesting to think about it that way because this this, I feel like that's why I guess this was an interesting chapter to me because it seemed to be so much interrelated to what we've read in previous chapters. And I was surprised because I would have thought this being the last one, it would have been somehow more intense than that. Maybe I just didn't quite get that. But it did mention, um, thinking about like in the past, we talked about one of the other chapters, we talked about like being concerned that your good deed might not actually be all good. Right. Or they shouldn't be doing it incorrectly. With wrong motives. With wrong motives. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, they also took it a step further by even going so far as to say that they had this, they quoted this one guy, was it Baba Ben, ben Butra? Ben Buddha. Ben Buddha, that would do his uh, sacrifice <laughs> just in case. Right. And then they quoted from Job, who, who did the same who, thing. Who did exactly the same thing. He prayed every day for what his children may have sinned inadvertently on. Yeah, I, I, I think that it seems sort of commonplace and maybe even simplistic um, because of one of the things we said a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you, you can't just jump and do the, the last things and assume that, you know, all the stuff in between, chapter after chapter after chapter, doesn't really matter because you, 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 you've got this. I think, you know, this is sort of, to me, more the icing on the cake. You've gotten to the point where everything under here, all the previous chapters, you got it down, 
you'd never admit that because, well, then you're violating one of the, you know, anyway, so, but, uh, and, and the humility chapter, right? So, um, but you get to the point where um, the, the final and ultimate motivator is that fear of sin. I got you both. Go. Um, I think one of the trickiest parts of this would be doing what he's talking about, but maintaining how he, I love how the proverb sort of balances both happy is the man who fears always. Right. That would be the hard part, I think. Oh, if yeah, you were to be, be feeling, fearing always, and that fear turned into anxiety or worry, like I don't think that's the point. The right. point is fear because it's like out of awe and majesty, yeah. not out of worry, because the right. worry would be back to the fear of punishment. It would be more of like, and, and so that would make you like extremely happy all the time. Well, not necessarily fear of punishment. I mean, I think that you can be worried about erring. It's sort of like um, but what, that's just because you're afraid of, of erring. Yep, that's, but then that's his point. what happens if you err? That's irrelevant. Erring is, is yeah. what you're afraid of. It's like, um, it's like, for example, if you've ever had somebody who's not, I mean, OCD is not really the correct term, but like someone who's really a perfectionist, like they can be taking a test where they have, you know, such a high grade on the final exam, it doesn't matter. They just show up for the test, they get an A, but they're still trying to make sure they answer every question right because they hate getting anything wrong. Like it's kind of this, I mean, I would think it'd be something similar to that. Yeah, but, right. But it's not a... Well, not necessarily. It doesn't not have necessarily. to be. But right? it's, it's, Does it? It's not a, an either-or. It's a both-and. So it is what you're saying. And it is also, you know, the other side. It's both. It's not just the fear of messing up, the fear of retribution, but also that fear which is sort of a cool fear that he is so awesome and yeah. he has allowed me to draw close to him and it brings a joy that isn't comprehensible. That would probably be the hardest one to achieve. Yeah. Yes, sir. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was in the letter for the agents that he said uh, to always, paraphrasing here, to always uh, recognize that uh, God is, buddy, is watching your movements right. and your actions right. and everything like that to always Who's act like something like that. Yes. There he is. Yes. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Hey. How y'all doing? Hey. Uh, you see you. See guys. See guys. Yeah, I think it's the. It's, the, 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 it's more like. It's more like. Shout out to Oakland. That's a Jewish one. It's like imagine that you're standing before the Holy and Blessed Be He at all times. All the time. Yeah. And it is a. The Shekinah thing the over your head. Almost. Right, exactly. Right. Good point. Yeah. Yes, Pete. Um, on the, on the uh, happy while fearful thing, they have a footnote. I don't know if you read the footnote. It's about a father dancing with his son on his shoulders. I didn't read that footnote. So, Although I am planning on rereading only the footnotes. Right. And it's a whole other book. So yeah, it's a whole other book. Yeah. If you look at that. It is. <laughs> So he's got his son on his shoulders and he's doing the, probably a Hasidic dance. Sure, yeah. And bottle uh, dance, man. Yeah. That would be unlikely. Um, and, <laughs> and, and the, the point right, right. is that he's like, and he's just enthralled with the special relationship he has with his son because they're dancing together. But that doesn't mean like 100% of the time there's a fear, but it's not like a worry fear. It's a fear like how he's acting that he doesn't drop his son. So he's constantly aware of like every little shoulder twitch that he's making mm. 
or every little pressure he feels is suddenly leaning one specific way. But that doesn't detract from the happiness of the dance mm. at all. Okay. So it's a careful balance, but it's not like he's dwelling on this, like, if I move, I'm going to drop my I'm going to drop my son. It's more like I'm having an amazing time with my amazing son. Yeah. I better not drop him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In that case, in looking at it that way, I would definitely say I would save this one for last. Yeah. Because I could see very easily falling into a different type of fear, yeah. just where you're just stressed out of your mind all the time. Yeah. Afraid, oh, I screwed up again, or I'm yeah. doing wrong not, again. I hope I don't think he's not just... talking about that stress at all. It's it like really a, completely I heard, different. Um, Juliana was over at um, with Lori recently, and Lori told her a story she'd heard from from Taylor regarding um, like a Breslov story. I think it was from Balsham Toth um, about the um, the guy who goes to find the guy who keeps Shabbat the worst. And he finds this guy who keeps Shabbat like meticulously, but he's so afraid of breaking it he does, that he, he just, just sits in his chair. Sits in his chair all day long because he's terrified that if he gets up and starts to move, like he'll step on a bug or he'll do something to violate Shabbat. And so it's like that's the fear of a, I think you would probably end up doing if you just jumped right into this. Right, exactly. That, that guy also, by the way, according to the story, his his play is the Baal Shem Tov kept Shabbos like him. He would end up on a throne of coal in Gehenna. That's the point. Uh, is that? And see, he kept Shabbat perfectly, but he quotes. but he ends up keeping could, Shabbat the worst. Yeah, yeah. that's the whole point. I, I can tell you, as a father of a grown son, I think I'm the only guy in the room that can say that tonight. Fine, grown. That is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking strictly size. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it it is a. Uh, it is a really cool dance. Apparently, Greg's son knows more Torah than me. That's <laughs> probably true. <laughs> he's definitely closer to the Holy One, blessed is he. He's, he's going to be waiting to smack that angel's hand away. Yeah. He's going to. We're going to be checking out his upper lip afterwards. <gasps> he doesn't have a dent. Yeah. Yeah. What's the number one change that you are? Um, I mean, just give me, just go around the room real quick. High level. Did did this impact your walk? Um, did you get a perspective of holiness and purity and drawing closer to Hashem? Mm. Um, did you think it was a waste of time? Did you think it? Um, it's only for old gray-headed guys with really big beards. You know, give me give me some. Good. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> well, one of the things I've been learning, both from uh, thinking about this book and also just other things that I've read, is how this isn't just about your actions. It's about everything. And with, with Judaism, with Yiddishkeit, it's more than just, well, I will let the rabbis tell me how to live but they have no jurisdiction over my thoughts uh, or over my heart. And eventually that has to be overcome. Um, 
because if this is taken seriously, then this talks about the very fabric of your being. Amen. So that's a very vulnerable thing, but it's not somewhere, not someplace that not every single person hasn't been before. Like we've all let someone, either in a pulpit or over, you know, a pastor or preacher or teacher or professor, mm-hmm. tell us who we are and what to think and how to think. And I think that this challenged me in an unusual way to say, well, the rabbis, do they have the jurisdiction to tell me who I am? And, and to say, well, the, according to our understanding of the scriptures, here is who you are as a person. That's been a huge challenge. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's been a good barrier to, to let, kind of let, let the proverbial ocean wash away. Mm-hmm. I, uh, along those same lines, I don't think I've ever been presented with such a clear description of how my faith can be played out aside from the actions. Right. Right? And we, we play that that uh, churchy game of being fruit inspectors. And you, know, you can tell where a man's heart is by how he acts. Mm-hmm. And you know, to a certain extent, that is true, I guess. Um, but here we have a, a lot more meat on that bone of, I don't know why you'd even think about looking at that guy. We're working on this guy. Mm. And this guy needs a lot of work, and it's going to start with, what's motivating you? Why did you do that? Why didn't you do that? Why did you do that that way? These are these are things far beyond your your concert B flat churchgoer, and whether it's the sages motivating it or directing it, or it's strictly the Torah, it, you know, one way or the other, it is immensely challenging compared to the simple walk of, hey, I'm a good guy. I don't cheat on my taxes. I haven't killed anybody. That kind of deal. Good. Thank you for opening up. Yes. My most impactful. My biggest takeaway would BTL. be learning um, my B, my BTL. BTA. Yeah. Your what? The biggest takeaway. Take oh, biggest takeaway. I thought it was something that you, you know with the blood test. You yeah, know, my PSA, know. the good cholesterol, the BTA. You know. Yeah. Was learning that my soul needs the same refinement as my physical body. Yes. Excellent. So excellent. If my physical body is hungry then I would obviously eat. Um, and hopefully I would eat like vegetables or stuff like that. And if my physical body like gets fat, I need to like refine that mm-hmm. and like work that mm-hmm. out. So learning that my soul has those same needs, even though I've, I've been blind to them, and then scheduling time to do those things, specifically yeah. just at Bowie. Excellent. Yes. Let's get For that time of reflection and meditation and and feed the inner man as, as it were. And then the encouragement to, like, even if you can't do an hour, start somewhere. Exactly. Good. Good. Excellent. Sir. All right. Um, uh, I particularly like the uh, chapter on humility. I loved it um, because it showed me that I wasn't as humble as I even thought I, I thought I was. I mean, honestly, um, because... Uh, uh, especially when he hits that part where he talks about being able to take insults, you know, and a lot of times our pride, man, woo, woo, 
Wow. So yeah, that was powerful, man. Like, dang, you know, like, oh, how am I taking insults? I'm not very good at that. All right, but uh, outside of that, um, it's, uh, it, you know, to me, like in church, you know, they tend to spiritize everything. Right. You know, oh, the spirit's going to do it for you. Oh, you're trying yeah. to do Let this go. work yourself. Let go. Yeah, you know, and it's like this is very uh, tangible. Yeah, it's it's showing you that your step thoughts by step. and your work actually has an effect on, like he said, on that spirit man, That's on right. that soul. Good. Like if you're a co-creator. You're not. You know, this yeah. isn't. Uh, you know, you're not a passive believer. Yeah. You know, this it, the faith and this walk is not a passive walk. And working know? out our our faith with yeah. fear and trembling. Yeah. yeah. Is. Is work. Yeah, it's work, man. It's work. That's good. And so just take it in and actually see it in a tangible way. And um, some of the things that we read are things that we haven't seen, but some of them are things that we felt like our whole life. Yes. You know, and like he said in the beginning of the book, is some of the things that we've. we've There's nothing new. Man, hey, I. I remember feeling that way, yeah. you know. Yeah. But now it's very tangible and in our face, and I, I like the book, man. I Do like you remember it. when he started? He said, I, "I'm not going to tell you anything here that you haven't heard before." It's not. I yeah, yeah, he new. said that. Yeah, and you're like, "Holy cow!" Yeah, it's like, "Okay, I can read it." Yeah. Oh my, yeah. I re, uh, I'm remembering a uh, Baptist preacher. Yeah, and uh, he was. In the pulpit, and is this you? No, thank you. Um, <laughs> he said, uh, "He said, I have, I have met Baptists who have never missed a Sunday. They have never missed a Sunday night. They have never missed a Wednesday night. They have the the equivalent in hours sitting and hearing." Uh, sermons of a doctorate degree in theology and they don't know the Word of God. They are the same people they were 60 years ago when they first started coming to the church because all they do is show up. Yeah. And showing up. Don't do <laughs> showing up is, is nothing. Guys, yeah, so that's right. Probably um, a couple things. You don't get ten points just for signing your name. No. Right? no. <laughs> One is um, in the introduction. He tells us what the purpose of our lives is, mm. and I've read a bunch of books that actually just quote him on that. Just that one paragraph where yeah. he tells you. The purpose of life, and they're like, do you remember what Ram Dass says about the purpose of life? Here it is. You know, it's just two verses from the Psalms about how it's just cleaving to Hashem, and um, that is still just something I think about now. That's something I wasn't used to thinking about. But a couple other books I've read have told me like, if you were serious about this, you would write it on a piece of paper and look at the piece of paper every fifteen minutes. Mm. Like, if it's really the purpose of your life, kind of like if you were. If you were sawing a piece of wood, you wouldn't want to look away because you would probably take off a finger. So why don't you just always look at that? Yeah. So you always do the right thing. Anyway, that's helpful. 
then to to that point um, about us doing this and not just letting the spirit do it. Mm -hmm. um, I was at a C12 meeting and the devotional was in Philippians. Oh, what? Like a business a thing. Yeah, business. It's very Christian, though. And so, Christian oriented business uh, process. This passage in Philippians, I don't remember it, where in Philippians, but it's that one where he's like, you had to run the race, you can achieve the prize, finish the course, yeah. do all the right things. It's laid up for me. Is and I read it. I hadn't read the book of Philippians in a while, but it was very, um, that verse was like, oh, like I get what he's really talking about here. <laughs> 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 you know, every, they put their little flimsy blurbular on the on the devotional and then this guy raises his hand he's like I don't get this at all like I can't I can't process the word prize here like I have to discount that word in this passage it doesn't it doesn't fit with my theology um, and everyone's like what and he's like I don't I don't know what that I don't know what that means like I don't do anything my whole life you know Hashem just does it all for me and when I die, um, I don't get rewarded. You know, it's like, you know, that's, that's what that's what everyone believes. Because if there's anything that we do, it's got to be bad. It's got to be bad. Yeah. And so this idea that, and obviously we shouldn't work for the for the sake of a reward. But Paul is still saying, yes, press on yeah. to as if like a runner. Yeah. He, he uses the, the runner, in. the farmer, and the soldier says, as examples. Beat your body. I, beat, I beat my body into submission. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, these guys don't run the race to not get the prize. Yeah. The farmer doesn't plow and then plant and not expect that he's going to eat the crops. The soldier doesn't fight unless he's expecting to win the war and get the spoils. Somebody's yeah. reading like too much Ecclesiastes or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought to myself, like, oh, this is a straight musar here. He's just like saying, yeah. exactly. it's yeah. worth it. Yeah. But, um, that's good. That's an interesting perspective, I guess. The, um, the reason for our, our walk and for our being to that devikut, that, that drawing close. Um, is really a, a game changer to me. It really is. And I think it comes back to last week's conversation on humility. And, and, and I, I was trying to make it clear that three, four weeks prior to that, that it's simply not possible for you to do this book and at the same time pursue a career where you're going to go up the top of the corporate ladder. It can't happen. And I don't know any other way to put it other than to remember that the goal of my life is not to be the best CEO, IT guy, or anything like that. The goal is for me to draw close to Hashem. And if he chooses to make a big name out of me in the meantime, while that's going on, praise God. And if not, that's fine too, because that's not why I'm here. I'm here to draw as close as I can to him in this vestibule, so that when I finally get to that big bow, uh, ballroom door, mm. I'm going to be welcomed in to a king who knows me and whom I know. I got him, then I got you, unless you want to comment right on that. Right, it's on that. Go. Because yeah. that, that's like my big plug for Orthodox Judaism. Because you, if you actually believe your purpose is to get close to Hashem, then you 
going to have to do something about it. Right. And we already have an entire people dedicated to that. Correct. And if we don't do that, then we have no reason to look at the conservative Jew down, down on them. and look down at them, as I have often done, because I share my faith with them and our practice. They're astonished that I'm a Gentile and doing this. And then they look at me and say, you are more religious than me. And I say, why is that? You should be ashamed of yourself. The answer is, as you pointed out, is to look behind me and go, well, look at all the Orthodox over there, because I'm not over there. I'm just looking at the guy down over here. And you turn around and go, how come I'm not like him? Shame on me. It, I hate it when you talk. It's just, it's just ridiculous <laughs> to actually to think that you would be able to get close to Hashem without the rule book. What's you know? the rule book? But like, to go, to go just your normal <laughs> life, and then, and then in the back of your mind, think, to get closer to Hashem, that doesn't actually reconcile. There's only one people who's dedicated to get closer to Hashem, and they've already told us how to do it. Correct. And there is the flip side of that coin, which says, I can reject or second-guess everything that they decided was the way to perform and waste most of my life coming up with my own, which, in the end, demonstrates that you've actually violated several of the other things when you bump across it. Putting it together. Figure out if you disagree or agree <laughs> with each of the halakha. That's right. Let alone coming up with what you think is right. Exactly. Right. It's exhausting. Judah, good comment, son. Thank you. So, one of the things that really stuck out for me was, uh, it was just like chapter two, I think. Uh, Vigilance. Always looking out for oh, yeah. doing the right thing. That was also uh, part of inspiration for my dad and I writing our app that sends notifications of Letter for the Ages, stuff like that. You can download this app. We got a new app. We have a new app. (laughs) Anyways, but it's like it's so it's it's so good to always realize that you know it's like you start you realize you know you know what this isn't right. Just run away. That's part of vigilance is to always look out to do the right thing or to avoid the wrong thing. Exactly. What's this app? Tell us about this app. Let's hear about the app, Judah. Come on. Great comment. I got Judah built this epic app. And Not just you. Notifications throughout the day, so you can be like, "Here, okay, a vote." Like what? Like, it sends the actual text of these things, yeah, or just like, like, a, like a sentence, like a um, like, "Hey, go read this." Dude, that's no, so it's, cool. no, it's maps. <laughs> it just says, um, "And the wise does X, Y, Z." Oh, so it's just it's like it's a quote, quote from. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, so what's the name of the app? Yeah. It's not out yet. It's, it's being, not out yet. It's being approved. Wait, wait, wait! Coming soon. Is it going to be on Android? Why, why wouldn't you make it available for all the Tzadikim? Because, <laughs> because some of the Tzadikim just haven't moved it up the chain. Isn't that Shabbat's fees fallacy to think you could go so low and still make that holy? I think oh, he man. just said the android is a false messiah. Oh, sure. man! Look, oh, you know... I feel bad for you, but I don't... <laughs> 
Well, that is great. Yeah, yeah. I, I was that taken... That was a really good comment, but your technology is still just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, I, it's a great comment. It's a great comment. I, too, was taken <laughs> by that <laughs> early on. That <laughs> we should be running to do those mitzvot, and, and we, should, we should look for them and look for ways where we can do more of them. Yeah. Or to take that time each day and review and go, I could have done that better. Yeah. Right. So good. Excellent. Who else? Well, you got nothing to say? You got nothing okay. to say. Uh, yes. I got you. Jay Mizzy. Jay Mizzy. I feel like Jay most Mizzy. of my most of my <laughs> life, you know, you you get told about that there really isn't necessarily a goal in terms of your your relationship with Hashem. You're just kind of sort of like we were talking about, right? Like everything you're just under grace and so you're good to right. go. You don't really have to do very much. You just have to remember that sometimes. Right. Especially and, on Sundays. And you're in the living swimming pool, not the burning swimming pool. Right, yeah. And and I, I but then but then I, I kind of got involved in business sort of before I got involved in, in this particular faith. And in the business world it's all about goals. It's like yeah. all right, so once you know the goal, then you can trace backwards all of the steps to get towards that goal. That's it. And I feel like this book, if nothing else, has really paved the road. Made it, it made it make sense for me because, you know, everything else is, is like that in life. You know, you spend so much time at work, everything is like, okay, Here's how I need to achieve this, and I, a lot of the people that I listen to, I just love how they're usually very blunt and straightforward regarding people that are are being a little lazy or people that are making excuses. It's like, hey, stop! Like, if you want this bad enough, you will get it. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I'm, it's always inspiring for me to hear stories from people like that that are just like, one day I just woke up and decided I am going to be filthy rich. And then there they just is. worked like a ton yeah. and got there. You know, but it was just that drive, that sure. initiative they got there. And, and here's a guy who just woke that's up it, and he, that's exactly there it is. It is I want that to draw exact close thing, but just in the right goal. And the right goal is serving Hashem as best as possible mm. here in this world. And he really did that. I mean, he just, it's like, all right, roadmap, like, this is how you get there. And obviously he's writing from a perspective of having gotten there. And I just, it's very inspiring it, which is good because, for me at least, that typically helps my, no, we my all need, action. Sure, we all need to be inspired. Wasn't it the Kofetz Chaim said in the beginning, right? That said, if he were alive today, I'd walk across Europe just to hear him. Yeah. Vilna Gaon. Was it Vilna Gaon? Vilna Yeah, it wasn't on his knees over broken okay. glass, which would, would have been impressive, but walking across Europe, big, no electric bike. Yep. Johnny did. Just, and, and the last thing was just that, like, it's just like when, you, when you're working out, you know, you, you, in order to progress in working out, you have to try to do a lot more weight than mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. normally can, mm -hmm. so that way, when you try to do the weight that you were doing before, it's going to become easier and easier, and that's like how you progress, and I feel like reading books like this, and reading book, you know, reading articles on Kabbat, and, and reading articles that are from such a high spiritual level, really encourages your your lower level where you're actually at because then you're like oh man if they're doing that which is like insanely higher level than what I'm doing like this is a no brainer and it, it makes it easier praise God good did I miss you um, perhaps it's a yes or maybe no question maybe it's just my turn now it's a yes or no question yes it, it appears that I overlooked you <laughs> you passed him over I did uh, he's been 
pastor? These are not the droids you're looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, uh, two of the things I was going to say have already been said. Good, uh, good. you get no credit for those at all. That's a great great thing. um, It's because we're of one mind. Agreed, agreed. I'm actually actually really happy about that because there's no shortage of good stuff in here. Um, the one of the big things was just how we treat the idea of kosher. Mm. Explain. Well, the way he explains this whole, um, you know, you wouldn't intentionally eat poison. Right. And if you treat something that's not 100% kosher as such, then you won't come near it. Yeah. I mean... So um, I, it's been. Isn't it? Isn't it better? Isn't it like pregnant? Yeah. What's like pregnant? You can't kosher. be kosher. pregnant. You can't yeah. be kind of. It's, it's an exclusive spot. Oh. It is a, It is either kosher, or it is not. Mm-hmm. And really, in our own language, it is either food, or it is not. Mm-hmm. What did you just put on my plate? It's not food, because it's not. Sure, and, and that as an expression of drawing near to Hashem, it, it's it's I don't know about everyone else, but and where they're at with it, but it's you know I before I was kind of on the fence about oh uh, you know I won't do the meat and milk thing and oh but you know it's okay if it's if it's chicken if it's just not you know hectured or something like that, but it's if I eat meat it's kosher. Picture, yeah, and it's um, it, it's really made me pay a lot more attention to detail mm. and the details and my and my um, mm. my scrutiny in 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 that one area has act- scrupulous my scrupulousness in that particular mm. area has actually trickled over into my other er- into several area others other areas of my observance cool. for which I'm very grateful. Cool, good, outstanding. No, I think you, uh, Joshua was next. Yeah, no, I was pointing out with Johnny. Oh, just that's like double. That's uh, first of all, I that's the same thing happened to me with the kosher thing. It's really, just reading how important that is very important. But uh, that that idea is a prevalent idea within uh, the whole world. That's how the world was built. Where you just really have to be exotic in one area of your life. And then it starts to spill just, off. everything will fall in place. Now, one's always talking about how just look at yourself and figure out is there a good, is there something I'm kind of good at, something I could do kind of well? Like, uh, the one you mentioned, one guy's like always good about learning to lead guitar. So he's just going to decide that's my mitzvah. I do it perfectly. And so he's, one time he, uh, he, was, on, he was putting some shingles up and his sleep. The tour, and um, he stayed there for like four hours because he's not going to move until someone brings him a new Talika time, you know, because he's going to do it perfectly. Right. But then, like you said, it kind of spills over, mm-hmm. and your whole life just starts to turn around because yeah. you have that one shining good point. Very cool. Wow. To uh, lift up another gentleman in our group who is absentia this evening, um, Greg Upham, he. I've been at his Shabbat table many times, and the different guests that they have frequently, you know, wide range of questions, wide range of backgrounds and theological positions and everything, but 
sometimes the issue of his mitzvah observance has come up. And one of the things that I really like about Greg is that he is exemplary in that, just pick one thing. He will take, he'll be like, okay, this week I'm really, you know, or for whatever period of time it is, I'm going to say, I'm going to do this until it's literally sort of second nature. Right. And then once I got that, he owns it. I'm going to do another one. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to do the same thing for that one. And yeah, it may just be one at a time, but you know what? He's, we all see what a righteous guy he yeah. is. And, and that's super encouraging Amen. to me. Amen. Is that absolute okay. spirit is here? Okay, Captain Android. You got any comments here about it? <laughs> <laughs> he did already do it, right? No, he didn't. First one? Yeah. He was the very first one. Yeah, he was. Now now that you sort of real answers, I figured he wouldn't (laughs) go back. Oh, no? Okay. So there's this idea of Yeshuv Hadad, which is kind of like the Hebrew word for meditation. But there was this discourse I read on one time where he was talking to some guys who had gone to India to learn how to meditate, some soldiers going to India. And he was just angry at them because that's so silly when the Torah already tells us how to do that. Um, And his point was before you get into actual meditation well you can you can practice and stuff like that but you have to align your outer with your inner and so it's like and because Yeshua means like a settling of the mind and so it's like how do you expect to kind of connect that's what meditation is all about is connecting your like your inner self mm-hmm. the, the inner aspect of your soul and stuff like that it's like how do you expect to connect to that if your soul, we already know, is like this unchanging purity, like from Hashem, even some consider a part of Hashem. Mm-hmm. How do you expect to connect to that if your outsides aren't in line with it? Right. And so I kind of see it as the same thing as Mustrafim does, is when we start off this walk, we're kind of like all over the place. And then the whole walk is just pushing like one thing at a time just to get back in alignment with the soul which is mm. back in alignment with Hashem but that's what the Shuba is returning to your true self right, right? right. but just returning all these little things to, so you can get back right. into it back to Taylor's class on those three T's yeah exactly right good well I will uh, anybody else I wanted to say something with the last chapter since we're wrapping up the book okay um, read, just kind of quickly scan through the last chapter on holiness um, like and it's it's like super elite. He's basically saying you've you've stu- you've done so much of all the other these things that you actually get to a point where you are. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're truly set apart. Everything you do is holy. Yeah. Even eating is holy. They compared like it basically turns a person like into the Mishkan, the God, presence of God with them all the time. And it was really cool because a couple of things stood out. One of which was. Um, Emphasize the importance of solitude, spending some time alone with God to help, like, um, maintain or elevate that holiness. And it reminded me so much of Yeshua, who would go and spend, like, hours mm. at night and whatnot just by himself. Yeah. And he kept, like, trying to get away. He never, like, pushed people away, but he kept trying to, like, carve out that time alone with God. And um, and then the end of the chapter was all about how, like, they've changed to the closest to Hashem that they can resurrect people from the dead. And... Um, and then, and it reminded me again of Yeshua, but actually more of Paul's Paul, argument, Peter? because well, that, but no, but more than that, because Yeshua didn't just raise people to the dead from the dead. Paul's point was that his personal resurrection from the dead was God's like ultimate stamp of approval, mm. which is that was so interesting because in in the Mesilat Yisharim, like kind of what he was saying is like to raise someone from the dead was almost like a sign 
of like of a significant amount of holiness, top, top shelf. shelf. And so like for him to be um, so for like for Yeshua to be actually personally <coughs> raised, kind of independent of anybody else really right, right. it's like it, it it really was like god's uh, stamp so to speak yeah. that he was messiah exactly. you know the son of god exactly. that he's able to, to do that so that thought that was kind of cool very neat. um one takeaway that i had from this was just from the very beginning i remember the cheshbon hanefesh yeah. um which was helpful to just to kind of like um reprocess and um and i do think that that's been good just because it's like you um i don't know for some reason i feel like I used to kind of try and keep track of things during the day as they happened. This is a whole lot less stressful. Um, but it's also, um, I think, actually, I think I do a better job remembering yeah. the things, ironically enough. Yeah. And um, I, don't, I don't think God will let you forget if you don't want to forget. <laughs> and he'll bring those to mind. I mean, that's, I mean well, that's, that's why it says that we work with him in this process of salvation. He is doing this work in us while we work out right. that stuff. So it's going to help. Well, right, that's true. But then I also thought that it was funny, like, I could remember it, like, the next day, like, trying to, like, prevent from doing it. Like, not just to remember that, that night, Praise but then, like, the next... Anyway, that seemed to be better. So I think I do recommend that. I think it's a, it's a good practice. Yeah. And I don't even do it every day, but it has been helpful. Well, like I said, it's right. Just start. Just start doing it. Well, my, my, uh, my biggest takeaway from the book... Um, by the way, would you, would you recommend other people read the book? How many would recommend the book? Yes? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Pete would not? Okay. Just checking. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I guess. the reason we're reading. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, my, my biggest takeaway was the realization that this walk is not a race with other men. Mm. It's yeah. other men in a race period my standard is not you you may encourage me I may encourage you but it's not about me or you it's about him and how close I am to him Mm -hmm. and you can't know how close I am to him I can't know how close you are to him but we're true and he does talk about you from time to time so it was, it was a neat deal to be able to see it as, I don't need to worry about your walk. I just need to encourage you in your walk. Where you are is truly between you and him. And we're all in that same race. I don't know why that was such an encouragement to me, but it, it was neat that... Well, because we, we, we have a tendency to look at other people like judge other people yeah. outside of ourselves. I'm, I'm doing better than he is, so you know, I'm all right. Like, oh, there, but yeah. So mm. I, you know, I don't know that I've been doing that a lot, but all I know is I am grateful to know. I think, like Pete was saying, I got the rule book. I got a player who's already made it to the finish line. I've got the apostolic writers mm-hmm. who obviously were doing Musar stuff, as was the master. I mean, we've seen so much of it came out. So it's, it's to me, it, it takes a little bit of, of the, the wrapping off of the mystical nature of the apostolic writings. <laughs> this is meat and potatoes for me. Mm-hmm. And I can see how I can change my walk. Mm-hmm. 
So it what it wasn't cheshbon hanefesh. It's hipodedu. What 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 kavana? Um, Just lay out all your prayer words. Yeah. Tefillah. Well, well, it was. <laughs> you know, it was. No, it was kavana. I think. I mean, I, I I think as a result of reading this book, um, I, I don't know how many of you have ever cried during Shakari, but I did, and I, I've never cried during Shakari before. What's Shakari? What? Every Shakari? No. <laughs> It only takes one stone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Every chapter? No. But, you know, I, I, but um, my, my, my prayer time has taken on, a, a, I guess, a more personal perspective than ever before. Where I'm, I'm getting up, and I caught myself today, and I... I um, uh, I had disciplined myself not to have any coffee before praying Shakarit because I had read, you know, we don't need anything before Shakarit. And then I read in the Shulchan Aruch that, well, you know, coffee's okay. You know, if you need it. If you need it, you know, coffee, you know, if you want it, it's, it's, you're okay. It's coffee, it's, you know, it's no problem. A glass of water, you know, if you're dry or something, you know, it's okay. But you're not going to eat. So I thought, oh, well, you know, I don't need coffee. And I kept praying through. And, and then one morning I'm praying and I thought, I am rushing through this because I want a cup of coffee. So the next morning, I got up. Did you have coffee beforehand? I made myself a cup of coffee. I, I use the stender we use on the Torah thing. I, yeah. I actually set that up here. So for the first before shot before the uh, Amidah, you know, you're sitting down. Well, I got it on the stender there, so I, you know, I can rock and hold my tzitzit and all kind of stuff, and it's very good. I'm very comfortable, you know. So I got it all there, and I'm. And I wrapped up, and I sat down, and I just, you know, I'm working on the Modine, and I went to the Modine. Before I pray, I went to the Modine, sipping on my coffee, reading the footnotes, and, 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 and I find myself praying. I'm talking to the Holy One, blessed is He, and thanking Him for helping me learn that first line in there, because I'm not the Hebrew master, that's for sure. And, you know, and, I, and I thought to myself, what am I doing? I'm praying before I actually pray. <laughs> I finished my coffee, and I prayed. And when I got up for the Amidah, and you know, and I get to that part where I'm praying, and I'm praying for most of you. I, I, I can't stand praying for you anymore. Um, I'm like it. Um, I, I do try <laughs> and pray for each of you, for my, my uh, grandchildren, the two grandchildren I haven't met yet, the grandchild I'm still waiting for. The, you know, I, that must be mine. You know. I got several grandchildren. I've got two granddaughters, two daughters. Yeah, anyway, so I got a lot of people to pray for. Father in law, mother in law, you know, all you guys. And, and, I, and I just, uh, I just want to share that. My, my prayer life has changed, even though my prayers have not changed. My prayer life has changed. And, uh, and if I, I sense myself drawing closer to Hashem, and I. I am thrilled. I praise God for that because it has nothing to do with me, um, other than desire. Mm. And uh, I think the book gave me some some desire. Amen. 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 Speaking of praying, how does Joe Gordon? I actually had Joe and his wife over uh, here for dinner last night, as just as a couple. Uh, 
couple on couple so that we could just chat with him and see how he's doing. Um, this is his uh, uh, second heart attack, and uh, he has uh, every now and then a twinge of angina, um, but that evidently seems to be a normal thing as the chemicals begin to open up some of those uh, smaller arteries. Um, he's uh, his dad died when he was uh, 59. How old is Jeff? 63. So uh, he, he shared that with me when I said, you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm on borrowed time now. I'm turning uh, 50, uh, 56 this year. And my father died when he was 66. A blessed man. And, uh, and he said, yeah, I know the feeling. I said, really? Did your, your father pass early? He goes, 59. Well, he's always, he's been the oldest guy at Simchat Torah for a couple of years now. You know, so I think, aren't you, uh, he goes, yeah, 63. Hmm. So, but he's, he's in good spirits. Uh, he's got two weeks off from, from work to rest. Uh, and the doctor made it pretty clear. You're working yourself to death. You're, you're putting in between 70 and 85 hours a week at the airport, and you're going to die. Simple as that. And he's decided that he will back off and choose life. Seems Good biblical. Good choice. Good choice. So uh, thank you for asking. It was, uh, it was good. All right. You missed it, man. Two weeks in a row. We got Mara Reeve afterwards. Your father and uh, mother yes. are on their uh, honeymoon. Their yes, indeed. And Rick, happy anniversary, Woo! Janet. Yeah, if you're watching, you, you shouldn't be watching. What are you doing watching? <laughs> yeah. I thank you, Adonai, our God, that you have established our portion with those who dwell in the study hall. And you've not established our portion with idlers, for we rise early and they rise early. We rise early for words of Torah. They rise early for idle words. We toil and they toil. We toil and receive reward, and they toil and do not receive reward. We run and they run. We run to the life of the world to come, and they run to the pit of destruction. As it is written in you, O God, you will lower them into the well of destruction. Men of bloodshed and deceit shall not live out half their days. But as for us, we will trust in you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, you know that blessing is in... Uh